Welcome to the ProcureTech podcast, bringing insight and inspiration into how digital technology is shaping our profession. I'm your host, James Meads, tea drinker, expat, and definitely not your typical consultant. Yes, greetings and welcome to another episode of the ProcureTech podcast. And this week we've got a topic that is a little bit of a geek topic for me. Uh, no, it's not data. We had that one last week, although that is something that I always talk about too. Uh, but no, this week we're talking about productivity and efficiency and how technology can solve a lot of our challenges, particularly in the remote working situation that many of us are now finding ourselves in. And we're going to dig into the topic of to what extent we think technology can solve that and what tools are out there that can aid and facilitate that, particularly around democratizing this and bringing it to a wider audience rather than some of the more traditional tools that have been out there for a number of years that are generally seen as being more enterprise level and more expensive indeed. So my guest today is a procurement category manager turned SaaS entrepreneur who has actually developed his own tool in this field to help solve some of the problems that we're going to talk about today. So Richard Saints from Akada, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, good to be here. Excellent. So first of all, Richard, I mean, you're an IT procurement professional by background. Tell me a little bit about what ultimately drove you to make the switch from having, I guess, a pretty safe career in procurement to the roller coaster world that is being an entrepreneur? Yeah, so I've been in procurement for about 20 years now and worked in generous categories and then sort of fixed on, on IT procurement as, as sort of where I wanted to end up. And then uh, went into to consultancy. So about six years ago, six, seven years ago, worked as a sort of an interim IT procurement sort of head of or or um, category manager and working through all these with all these different clients I found that there were very similar challenges in all areas which was recording the work that was being done uh, being able to to sort of track what everyone's working on you know all the, all the information that goes with that so I really felt that it was it was time to develop something uh, as well you know things were what they weren't so so easy to use so so yeah I started Akada uh, last year and our mission really is to develop software which helps procurement teams focus on more valuable work and make that, uh, you know, everything that we build has to be easy to use, innovative, secure, great value. But most importantly, it's designed by procurement professionals for procurement professionals. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what we've been working on. And, and I think you touched on a really a couple of really good points there. I mean, certainly there are a fantastic new generation of procurement tools which are now coming through, especially in these sort of niche areas. And and I do think that you know this is democratizing procurement tech to a large extent and and making it available to some not tiny companies but certainly smaller companies that now have solutions available to them that don't require a team of integration consultants to implement them. And one of the things in these new breed of tools that I'm seeing coming through, and, and you alluded to it with what you've done with Akada, is that user experience seems to be a core element of this. And if you look at some of the older, more traditional procurement tech solutions, 
that weren't maybe such so user friendly. I'm thinking of one in particular that that, that I've used in the past. I, I do think that will be differentiator between the ones that ultimately succeed over the coming years and and the ones that will fade into obscurity. So. It'll be interesting to have this discussion from yourself as an IT procurement professional, whereas my background is more of a, an indirect generalist with you know, specific experience in sort of logistics, MRO and facilities management, always in sort of manufacturing environments. And my interest in all of this tech really stemmed from being a bit of a productivity nerd and a fighter against all things that I see as being waste or, or pointless red tape. I think part of that goes back to my historically having always worked in manufacturing companies that they have lean philosophies all over their production sites and their manufacturing processes but you know you look at their administrative processes and they're a disaster and so i mean you've no doubt been following specifically the procurement tech space much more intensely than i have for a longer period of time so what do you see as being the biggest changes over, say, the last five or so years in terms of software that you're seeing coming out onto the market and succeeding? You know, as you say, from from a user experience point of view, I mean, going back sort of five, ten years, a lot of IT software was was bulky. I'm thinking, you know, things like the the old ERP systems, the P2P systems. You had end to end processes that were had just been sort of lifted and shifted into into a tech piece of software. And it was more about making sure there was coverage across the end to end rather than actually making sure the the user experience was, you know, it was, it was sort of an easy to use system. So I think um, what I've seen, especially, you know, started off in IT was moved to an agile framework. So away from you know, thinking back 10 years ago, if we were tendering an ERP solution, it would be potentially uh, a five year process where you start wow. off and you've got, you know, a year for the sort of planning an RFP, then you've got two years to build this thing and then you've got the, the rollout. And and by the time you've implemented that, you, you know, the business has totally changed. And the solution's probably obsolete as well, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the, the, the switch I've seen is is more towards this this modular thing and that's that's come into the procurement landscape as well now. So that you, you're dealing with these these providers who are, you know, they've got these niche solutions and that's that's great because that means that you can really sort of drill down into one area and get get a really best best of breed solution. I guess the the issue that it also brings up is is trying to knit together all those different solutions. But yeah, that's uh, somewhere we can help. And and do you think things like API integration are making that easier that 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 weren't weren't there you know five or or maybe ten, certainly ten years ago, possibly even five years ago. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I think that's um, you know a big big change we've seen, especially you know the enterprise tech now. It's a lot of it is is SaaS based. It's and yeah, you can you can very easily get these through APIs, plug everything together. That's that's really sort of driven you know, products like MuleSoft and you know, especially companies like Salesforce have really you know used that to their advantage because you're taking the software from doing a particular purpose to, to becoming more of a platform, and uh, and and yeah, that's that gives a lot. Uh, you know, obviously it increases the, the stickability of that particular product but it's um you know it's great for users that they're able to do lots of different things in one place and if if you need to swap out any one element it's a lot easier you know and it, it was it was one of those things that was almost you, you just couldn't do in the olden days which was uh you know swapping out your erp because it was such an integrated part of your your business but now you can you can do it on a modular basis and swap things out and integrate them in and uh, yeah, and that that's only only beneficial for the end users, I think. So while you may be very dependent on, let's call it the mo- the mothership, uh, a lot of the components that make up the add-ons are, are pretty 
seamlessly interchangeable is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So moving on to what we're talking about around waste and inefficiency in procurement teams, what do you see as the most common forms of waste and inefficiency? And the second part of that question would be to, to what extent do you then see automation or technology as the solution? Or, or perhaps even maybe it's not the total solution and you just see it as a part of the solution? Yeah, I, th- I think there's, you know, clearly there's a lot of waste. Procurement has been on this journey for, well, it seems like my whole career. Uh, it's becoming <laughs> a more strategic business function. And yeah, the, there's still elements of the process that don't really deliver value. And as you say, you, you've worked in a lean background. I'm always, you know, coming back to anything you're working on needs to, needs to be delivering an outcome. And if it's, you know, clearly things like compliance are important, um, and making sure that you've got paper trail for for things that that are being done, but I think process for the sake of process is where I see see a lot of a lot of waste. And really, it's the sort of thing that there needs to be a continual improvement. Going back over it, look at your process, and and seeing what areas can be, you know, I'd, ideally, you know, d- deleted if they need to be deleted or you know stop working on certain things. But also, if there are elements that could be automated or elements that you think actually. They no longer fit within the procurement function. They're maybe more of a sort of a finance or, a, or some other d- department's role. Then, then making sure that those those sit in the right places. Leading on from that, automation is clearly very important. I think you know a lot of teams still still base a lot of the work that they do track it through through Excel or or other spreadsheets. And actually, for most teams, that's just not scalable. It, you know, it may work for for sort of six to nine months, but yeah. you get to a point where you've got so many projects on there, so many users, you get, you know, little whatever circular references or or corruptions in the in the data and then and then you sort of lose everything. And it's you know, it's a manual overhead to 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 working like that. People have to actually think about, oh, I need to to go on and update this tracker and provide this information. And it's a bit of a it's looking back, it takes time and it diverts you away from what you should be doing, which is building relationships, doing your your sort of more strategic procurement work, which uh, yeah, sometimes falls by the wayside. No, I completely agree. And it's the running joke, isn't it? That uh, Microsoft Excel and, uh, and SharePoint are the, uh, are the usual procurement team's tech stack. And even though, you know, things are changing and, and maybe that was the case five years ago, it's probably not now in a lot of organizations, but it's still surprisingly the case in more than we'd like to think, I'm sure. So collaboration tools can support a faster or more efficient way of working. And especially when we consider, you know, that a lot of us are working remotely now and probably will be doing for the foreseeable future in in some way, shape or form. So let's talk a little bit about teams working remotely and and some of the inefficiencies of existing working practices that will have been laid bare as a result of, you know, businesses having to move to an, a remote working environment pretty much almost overnight, really. So, I mean, from a systems perspective, a lot of those fixes were sort of short-term fixes that could be applied once once pe- once people had got into the rhythm. But if they're more problematic, sort of cultural concepts around, you know, having a more old-fashioned micromanagement or very, as you said, process for the sake of process-driven culture running through a lot of companies. I mean, I think this, especially in a remote working situation, and especially if you are very highly dependent on something like SharePoint, which trying to access from a remote VPN connection, I know because I've done it in my previous job, is a nightmare and it slows you down. So, you know, this can all 
elongate processes and add to waste and busy work if you're doing this in in a remote working situation. So, you know, let's talk about larger organizations here because SMEs can be a bit more nimble in this regard. But if we assume that remote work is going to be here in some form to stay, what do you see as those bigger challenges to larger organizations in in adapting to this new normal? I think, you know, that that, that sort of hits the, the nail on the head. I think so what I've seen in larger organizations is that there's a, you know, I guess more spreadsheets that this last period has, has made things like in some, some ways it's, it's driven things forward. And the fact that people have to be working remotely, you know, you've, and some businesses have done great off the back of this. So companies uh, like Zoom and Slack and Salesforce and those have, have sort of uh, seen their earnings shoot up over this period. But I think for a, a number of the large corporates, there's been, you know, this 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 sort of race to find out information or track information, and and you find that generally what will happen is there'll be a spreadsheet for, you know, maybe ten or fifteen different initiatives that people are, are working on to try and to try and get on get on top of things, and that's you know for for the short term that's you know, that's sustainable, but I think um, yeah, longer term there'll, there'll need to be a better way of of working like that because yeah, the the, the information's very often outdated almost the moment that it's been put in you, you think about how how fast things have been moving over the last sort of four or five months it's uh yeah it's been been pretty intense but getting that real-time information and getting getting a clear picture that's the that's the thing that's that's the real challenge i think that's really important in terms of using spreadsheets is that you don't know how up how how up to date the the information is from a specific user that's added it whereas if you've got if you've got a SaaS tool that timestamps everything, then 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 clearly you do. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. So just a quick interlude before we move on with the rest of the podcast, just to say that if you are a procurement leader or a finance leader in a manufacturing company and you're struggling to get to grips with your spend or you just maybe need an extra pair of hands to resolve a specific issue and drive some bottom line results, just drop me a connection request on LinkedIn or just ping me an email to info at jamesmeadsconsulting.com or just follow the link in the show notes to book a free 30-minute initial call with me so as I can learn more about your business and what I can do to help you. So now let's jump right back into the interview. Do you see technology as something that it, that is going to be more of a f- facilitator or a productivity uh, a productivity enabler, or, or do you actually see it completely replacing and automating some some manual tasks or what I call busy work in their entirety, and and eliminating some operational and tactical procurement roles? I guess I hope it's the it's the latter. And, and it, when we talk about eliminating roles, I don't I don't know whether it would the ideal would be that it it sort of automates the busy work and allows those professionals to work on things that are of more value to their organization so you, you know if you if you're an administrator in procurement you, you should i don't think you should worry that that your role's sort of going to go i've really found it to be more fun the more you you sort of like go up in your in in your career you you work on some some great projects and and you build some great relationships and i guess if you work in data analysis or whatever those sort of roles that they're still important and ideally it's it's you know all the, the sort of the i guess the boring crunching a spreadsheet type role where where you sort of look at lines of data and it's almost a bit like being in the matrix that's the sort of thing that a computer can do far more easily through through rpa or whatever but i think the the insights that you have and how you 
apply that data into a business context and use that to make valuable business decisions. That's where that's where the value is. That's what we should be using people for. And yeah, you know, I really hope that we're able to manual processes sort of that that real sort of hardcore data crunching hopefully that's the sort of thing that can be can be automated over the next sort of five years or so and really you know over this last period procurement's really come to the fore and you've seen organizations obviously risk management's very important now procurement's being seen as a as a much more important function and i think all these things together hopefully will create this perfect storm which will really really elevate procurement and it will and it will take that jump that's been been trying to take for a little while yeah, I, I certainly hope so. And I, I share your optimism up to a point. I just think the risk is always, as, as long as we, as a function, report into a CFO, it's always going to come down to how much money did we save the company. I think my personal opinion is that if we start reporting into supply chain or into into operations in some way, shape or form, we will be seen more as a as a value driving function rather than just a cost cutting function. But, but yeah, I think the jury is still out in terms of, you know, two, three years down the line after all this is settled, you know, will our position be elevated in an organization? I guess nobody knows is the honest answer, but um, I'm optimistic, but cautiously optimistic, I think, I think would be the the best way to describe it. I I think, I think a key piece there as well is actually, that we, I've seen it talked about a lot. I guess we've got to stop talking about it and actually, actually do it. That's yeah. the, you know, it's it's there for the taking. And I think, you know, it's it's not we can't just talk it to happen. It's got to be every every different procurement function in every different business has to take that step on their own because businesses they're all different. They all have different requirements. They they see procurement sitting in in different places or supply or whatever it is. So yeah, I think I think we all need to take that step at this point. And part of what you've developed sort of speaks to that, doesn't it? Because if you can eliminate a lot of busy work and automate tasks that were previously being done manually or certainly facilitate the automation or the or or the the simplification of of getting to the point where you've got an answer that you can analyze and make a decision off the back of that frees up a lot of white space for the procurement professional. And I take your point that, you know, not every procurement admin assistant is going to be capable of moving into a more strategic procurement role, but but category managers who typically, I don't know what your experience is, but certainly mine as a category manager, I probably spent 50% of my time doing non-value added tasks. You know, oh, easily, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and for what I was being paid, you know, it was a waste of the company's money. You know, you wouldn't hire an accountant to go and work in the staff canteen, for example. So on that point, with what you've developed, you know, you describe it as an innovative system for procurement people to manage their workload and give visibility to their leaders and stakeholders. Can you expand a little bit then on what it, on what it does and where you see the key value points in what you've developed? Yeah, sure. So got a product called Project View, and it helps users to manage the the end to end procurement process. And that's not just the tender process, which you see in, in many e sourcing uh, suites, but it's everything that, that the team does. So single source negotiations, renewals, even supplier exits. So it makes users more productive. It walks you through the process, so you can uh, upload your process in there with with relevant tools and templates that you need. So everything's to hand as you need it, which just it helps to reinforce uh, your, your process, but it also helps to onboard new team members so they can quickly see, you know, what, what is it you do at certain stages and, and provides that sort of reminder for existing members who sometimes, you know, may, may take a shortcut here or there. So uh, I think, you know, it's, it's about making sure that that process is 
as we said sort of streamlined it's not it's not over the top and maybe there's you know only certain areas where you're you're that bothered that you have a you know particular paper or whatever ever it is at that point but uh, yeah it's very very flexible in that regard you know as you say it gives gives leaders uh, better visibility on what's being worked on so so we have some innovative dashboards and data visualization and that can be you know shared with c-level execs it's actually something that looks good you know there's a lot of systems out there where, where you get the sort of the output of the data and you look at it and think you know i'm gonna have to put this into another system to play around with it to to make it look good but but one of the things that we've always tried to do is we've really made sure that we get get something that looks good um, out of the box and it gives everyone easy access to to project documentation so i don't know about you but you'll, you'll find you know if you work on a say a contract renewal and you want to find out what happened a year ago it's okay if if you've got a very good cloud document structure and you might have to go digging a little bit and you know it might might not be in there or whatever but this you know you can you can quickly search back on the, the project um under the, the sort of the supplier and then people will look back and, and try and see the audit trail and there won't be won't be anything there really it gives everyone uh, easy access to the project documentation so there's no more wondering about what was done on a project you can you can quickly look back and uh yeah, see see the the documentation against a particular supplier or or stakeholder or procurement user, and that's great for compliance and and you know making sure that the the right steps have been taken. The other thing is it's got a powerful task management module, so that helps users work together to to progress uh, multiple projects at the same time. So you know you, the activity you need to be working on that day is all it's all listed for you and you can you can get going on that and you know the the, the idea for me was really to to make sure that the, the data was was up to date you really need it to be something that enables someone to work uh, more efficiently so that they want to be using it because quite often procurement systems are things that you have to do and you have to go back on and, and enter some data whereas if you're obviously using it because it makes your job easier then there's far greater likelihood that the data that's on it's going to be up to date yeah so if I summarize that, it, it kind of solves three problems. So it removes a lot of the need for email. It avoids having to search through SharePoint, which is not a user-friendly tool. Certainly in my, in my view, it's not. And it, and it avoids things being stuck on people's C drives when they leave the company and them just disappearing into Nirvana. But it also gives some sort of reporting structure in terms of projects and progress and, and some sort of I guess, sort of Kanban or, or daily dashboard of of tasks that that a, that a specific individual needs to needs to get along with or update or, or address at any given point in time. So, there are a lot of SaaS applications or even you know existing procurement tech technologies that are out there that kind of touch on certain points of what you've developed. So, are there any specific inefficiencies or value add that you feel that this gives over some of the other procurement tools that are already in existence? Yeah, I think so. So one of the things I've I've always thought about this I guess from the point of view of a, of a procurement leader, so you know, things like helping with resource management, looking at the pipeline, being able to do more sort of forecasting. So looking at always look at the and using some some sort of analytics and an RPA for that to to make sure that uh, you've got a clear view of what's coming up. So it's not just the historic what's happened and what's going on right now, but it's it's what what's uh, what's coming up. So that's um, that's quite a key area for me. And and engaging engaging the stakeholders in the in the process as well. So we we run a model where you can do licenses and you're able to um, you know issue those to stakeholders if that's something you want to do. And therefore those stakeholders rather than sort of spending time updating those stakeholders you can then just give them access and and they can see exactly what's being worked on clearly if they've got access to the 
the documentation you can you can sort of collaborate using your um your organization's cloud storage so um so yeah that's uh one of the areas where you see it is slightly different to some of the other tools that are out there and i think that's on a slightly on a slightly different tangent but i think the big advantage in terms of giving stakeholders access and i'm thinking more now on sort of p2p applications but if they can see at any given point in time where their requisition or their order is in the whole chain that eliminates a lot of email and a lot of phone calls yeah. and a lot of correspondence between between procurement and and, and the operations and i think similarly with 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 what you've got here if i would see that as being a sort of core must have element if i was going to buy this piece of kit that you've got because it just saves a lot of preparation for project meetings it saves a lot of updates to management if if your key stakeholders at, at the click of a button you know providing they've been trained and they understand how to use it can go in and see the status of any projects or any actions at at any given point in time that again I think creates quite a lean and an agile mindset of how to work on project work. Yeah, totally. And I think it was, you know, even sort of five years ago, I, I found that that businesses were a little bit more siloed in their in their approach to things. But I think I think there's now there is there is a more openness uh, in the business context so that teams are working more collaboratively together. I mean you still still have obviously in some organizational cultures that, that, that you know maybe be a bit more um a bit more siloed but i think you know tools like this really help to to break down those those barriers and to to get everyone working here you know, the, the sort of the the best procurement process and the fastest procurement process is always one where people work very closely together and they all invest the time you know as long as you have that i think you can you can run processes a lot quicker than potentially have been in the past where you you're sort of chucking requirements over the wall and then you know, you take a little while to to sort of process that, and then it's going to the supplier, and it's it's all very all very siloed, and it takes it takes a lot of time. So, um, so yeah, I approach everything with a, a great deal of optimism, and I see that from a procurement point of view, we can really help to uh, to sort of improve that that process, and and uh, yeah, drive forward the the speed at which we work. So, so what's next for you in terms of developing this further? Because I know it's it's reasonably new when you compare it to some some of the other tools out there. So, what's your what's your growth strategy or or your next steps in terms of moving beyond where you are now? One of the things that we're working on now is looking at how we can partner with other organisations to provide uh, niche requirements at certain um, ends of the process. So, as I say, we, we've we've sort of digitised this end to end procurement process and and the idea now is really that it can punch out into um sort of best of breed tools along the way uh, that's the that's the sort of next step that we're, we're taking but uh, as well as that also working with clients to to do um more i guess custom developments or or you know potentially working on things like um you know very specific requirements for customers that's that's another another um another avenue that we're looking at so so yeah, those are the sort of areas we're working on. So by best in breed solutions, you mean tools that that uh, Acada doesn't cur- currently cover, you know, things like contract management or e-sourcing that are an obvious natural sort of complementary fit to it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I, I mean, uh, you know, I think as we said, there's, there's a there's this fantastic new generation of uh, procurement tools that are coming along, and some of them in in sort of more niche areas. I'm um, thinking of tools like um, Deployed. So. There's a great piece of statement of work software out there. I don't know if you've, if you've spoken to um, Emma and the team over there doing some great work. No, I don't know them actually. <laughs> I'll have to reach out to them now. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> um, well, you must have spoken to the guys at, at Visible um, for supplier collaboration, Mark Pereira's um, team over there. So 
there's companies out there doing some some great things and and really focusing on a particular problem and solving that uh, in in a fantastic new way. So yeah, that you know that's where I see I see, I see people going deeper in in certain areas and really really fixing these problems and then yeah as i say the the um i guess that's that's an area where where the sort of the akada process can can knit all these things together uh and sort of help help people out there so final question before i ask you where can people get hold of you if they want to learn more if i was a cfo what would be the business case if you're trying to sell this to me as as a budget holder in terms of you know what value can it drive me both on the productivity side, but also on, you know, it's in potential benefits to the bottom line. I mean, some of the research we've done would suggest that in a standard procurement team, probably about 30% of the time is spent on administration and uh, using the Akada tools. You can, you can free up a, a large percentage of that to work on more strategic work. So more uh, discussions with suppliers or, or going, going a little bit deeper in certain areas. So clearly cfo see the value of procurement and yeah i guess it's the, the business case is getting the team that you've got the investment you've made to to deliver more results and that's the you know our, our sort of strap line is is deliver more and that's what what the uh, akada tools enables you to do so essentially just getting more out of your existing resources by deploying them smarter and and freeing them of a lot of the tasks that are that are below their pay grade yeah totally yeah <laughs> you speak in my language there it's something that i'm i'm very passionate about as well and i do genuinely think that you know the resources are there they're just being they're just being deployed in the wrong way so i'm totally with you on that one so final thing before we sign off richard if anyone would like to book a demo or learn a little bit more about this what's the best way that people can get in touch with you so yeah I, you can get hold of me on linkedin richard sains on linkedin akada also has a, a page on linkedin or rich at acadatech.com is my email address and that's a-c-a-d-a i'll spell it in the show notes and put the link in there as well rich been a pleasure talking to you i think we're both singing from the same hymn sheet in terms of where where we both think procurement needs to go with all of this so wish you all the best in your growth and uh yeah keep in touch and good luck brilliant thank you thanks for having me on now i don't know about you but i always feel a warm glow when a procurement practitioner becomes uh, an entrepreneur and especially in the SaaS procurement tech space because it just goes to show there that there are so many practical solutions to problems that us procurement professionals see that can be then developed and successfully launched into, into a procurement technology tool that, that serves other people in the profession. So thank you again for listening. Take care. We will catch you again next week with another episode and this time we've got Edmund Zagorin from BidOps on the show who recently won the 2019 award from Digital Procurement World as the best new startup. So definitely an episode you don't want to miss. Until then, look after yourselves, take care, and I will catch you again soon. Bye-bye for now. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the ProcureTech podcast. If you like the show, then please subscribe or even better, why not write us a quick review on Apple Podcasts? It would not only really make my day, but it would also help our mission to enable procurement and finance leaders to become more data-driven through the power of digital transformation.